Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. Welcome to another edition of Five on the Floor. Five Live, though. We are coming to you live directly after the Miami Heat-Houston Rockets preseason game. Uh, tonight's floor plan, I am your host, Greg Sylvander, by the way. Tonight's floor plan with me, we have Brian Fonseca. You can follow him at Brian Fonseca NY. We have Tony Schwartz. You can follow him at Tony Schwartz NBA. And the coach, Sean Rochester, you can follow him at S Rochester NBA. And our floor plan is we're going to dissect uh, a little bit of what we saw between the uh, Heat and Rockets, some of the good stuff that I think that we can pluck from this game that may be translatable to the regular season. Uh, but before we do, I want to tell you about a great sponsor of this program and of the Five Reasons Sports Network, and that is A Aggressive Insurance. Uh, they are an insurance broker agency that's been servicing South Florida for over 15 years. They offer auto insurance, homeowners insurance, condo insurance, life insurance. They offer uh, they also offer retirement programs. They give free notary service to all their clients that can come in the clutch out of nowhere when you need a notary mm-hmm. representing. Um, carriers all throughout South Florida. If you have a bad driving record, no problem. Driver refused. Free fr- phone quotes. That's another very, um, uh, this is di- a differentiator. You can get a quote directly from her right over the phone. So reach out to insurancebylanet.com. Again, Instagram, you can find them. Facebook, you can find them on Twitter at aggressive INS. Again, this is insurancebylanet.com, A aggressive insurance. Thank you for supporting us here at Five on the Floor. So, fellas, we dive into this game. Oh, and on the ones and twos, Alejandro Villegas. I shall not uh, leave him off here as well. Uh, so we have a different crew. We have a lot of new voices for you, and we're excited about that on Five on the Floor. We think that it's going to be a really uh, cool way to get some different perspectives other than just Ethan and I trying to get a word in edgewise. And here we start in the preseason. Uh, so we uh, look at this game, the Miami Heat come out victorious, 118-110. We're not looking much into victories and, and, and scores and stuff like that, but there was some fun stuff that came out of here, y'all. Uh, the floor plan, uh, I mentioned we were going to go through player by player, but I think heading into this game, guys, the, the, the player that was everybody kind of was hoping and wanting and wishing to see and had their eyes on was Victor Oladipo. So uh he played 19 minutes just to quickly go through the counting stats um and show my age eight points three of 11 from field one uh, from the field three uh one of five from three uh what are we looking at four assists three rebounds three turnovers three steals two fouls so it was limited action overall uh sean from a coach's perspective just from a heat fan perspective how what did you take away from victor oladipo's first action of the season yeah, I mean, he looked good early. Uh, I think understandably there was some fatigue that entered the gym for him, um, you know, being his first action. Obviously, he's doing he's doing work behind the scenes. But, you know, I, I liked the uh, the three pointer he had at the top of the key. 
Uh, he had a nice deflection on defense early in the first quarter. Um, you know, it's it's still for him probably trying to get, you know, kind of the wheels underneath him. But early on, I think a good sign, you know, not playing with a lot of the starters that he'll normally be out there with or the, the rotation guys in some cases that he'll be out there with. Uh, but I, I thought positive stuff out of that. Yeah, I mean, I didn't think that the athleticism was there, but there were moments, and obviously you see the activity – uh, on defense. Um, so I'm not going to read too much into it. Uh, Tony, I know Vic is one of your favorite players overall. Um, I know you're likely happy to just see him back on the floor. Um, any high level takeaways from Victor Oladipo that you think uh, are good signs as we look ahead? Yeah, I think it's great signs. It's the entire offense in general, though. How many years have we watched Miami Heat run actions that are you know, more horizontal favored than north and south. And with guys like Victor on the floor, especially tonight, you're watching the action shift more to the paint first and then outside. And I think that's one of the best things that can happen. And that's something that we're, we're watching develop from Max, from Victor, from Duncan even cutting off ball. Uh, I'm happy to see him out there thriving. He's a guy that's been through so much adversity and it doesn't seem to stop. Yesterday, he, he went through a bunch of adversity too, or, or this offseason. So, I'm glad he continues. I'm sorry if I sound bad. I got to figure out what's going on there. My internet might just be losing its mind. But no, I'm happy for Victor. And he is one of my favorite humans in the league. So, yeah, there were a couple moments him going to the rim where Vic was kind of like Tony's internet right now. He may need to exit and come back in. Um, but we do appreciate the perspective for sure. I know he's rusty, Brian, but um, what was your initial takeaways from Depot and kind of as we transition, uh, transition away? Because this isn't all about Oladipo. I think that there was a lot of stuff just team-wise when you looked at the, at the depth of this group and the guys that played and who was able to show up. Who else uh, – for, you know, other than Depot, because, you know, obviously I'd like to hear what you thought of his play specifically, but other than him, who else jumped off the page for you? Yeah. And just a couple seconds of Depot. Like I, I saw basically kind of what I saw in the playoffs where the offense is like not quite where I think it will eventually be. And the defensive activity is kind of there already to some extent. And you just want him to really hone that and improve and get better. Uh, particularly from an efficiency standpoint, because I think he has six man of the year potential this year, which is something we're probably going to talk about throughout the season, but we'll see what happens there. Uh, in terms of other players, like, um, I mean, real quick, Max Struess with 24 points and, yeah. you know, doing what he did. He looked like summer league Max all over again tonight, where he was comfortable from three. He was sort of had the offense built around him in spurts. That was interesting to see. But for me, like the stories of preseason – have been Jamal Cain and Nikola Jokic. And Jamal Cain getting two-way contract, uh, potentially, like, we'll see what happens down the line this season. But I think, and with the Bam Adebayo co-sign, he can figure his way into some longer-term plans here. Uh, like, in the preseason, you typically don't want to get overly excited about some certain guys, but Kendrick Nunn did have a nice run from summer league to preseason in 2019 and ended up starting the whole year. I don't think Jamal Cain's going to start or anything like that, but I could see a world where at some point this year, he's going to have to enter the rotation because guys are out. He's going to have to play. Like we saw this happen with Caleb Martin last year and stepped up and Jamal Cain. I remember from covering him at Marquette because I'm in big East country. I'm in New York city. So I saw him up close a few times and I remember him being sort of this energy guy off the bench 
who had some good two-way potential. His shot was very streaky. They were like his shot was very up and down in college. There were years where there was a couple seasons where it was above 30-something percent and then below 30%. Like it was just erratic and he didn't shoot that many threes, more of a slasher. But the cutting at the right time, he's in he's in like sort of the perfect scenario situation for that. And I think his evolution is going to be interesting. And then Nikola Jovic being able to sort of you know, he was struggling tonight, but he still managed to have an impact on the game. That matters as a rookie. And you guys remember during draft night, I was very high on Jovic. You have been. And I think that he is going, I'm going to keep saying it, I think he's going to be a top 10 player from this draft class. And he's in the organization that will help him do that. Um, one of the best prospects overseas before he got here. And I think he's going to sort of be Kelly Olynyk-ish this season. Maybe not as, like, not to that degree in terms of scoring and rebounding, right? Because I don't know how much he's going to actually play. But that's sort of the role he's going to occupy when he's out there. And then eventually we could start talking about, you know, a couple of years down the line, Hidu Turkoglu and things of that nature. Because that's where I co- sort of see his game become. Oh, I'm I'm heading to Dirk, Brian. We're, 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 on, <laughs> we're on our way to Dirk. <laughs> Baby steps. We got to go oh. Olenek first. We got to go Turkaloo, and then from there, like we'll we'll see where he's at when he's in his twenties. <laughs> he's he's like he's like twelve years old, so let's, yeah, you know, let's jump. It's good that you're grounding me in reality because I watch games like tonight and I get excited. Jovic, fifteen points in twenty three minutes, two of eight from three, four of twelve from the field. I don't care about that. He's being aggressive. Twelve yeah. boards, four assists, two steals. What are we talking about right now? Um, so. But also to that point, Jamal Cain in 30 minutes, 15 points, six rebounds, two assists. So, you know, he's also six, six of six from, from the free throw line. He's been a reliable free throw shooter and he gets to the line. Sean, I'm glad that Sean kind of, or I'm glad that Brian, instead of going all over the map, he honed in on these two guys. Cause that's what everybody really wants to talk about from this game. Anyway, Jovic and Jamal Cain. Those two guys, I know that they probably jumped out in different ways for you, but talk a little bit about what you saw from them specifically tonight um, and uh, just throughout the entire preseason. Yeah, I think Brian makes a really good point about both of their basketball IQs just keep keep popping out every game. Their roles are going to have to change when you put them out there with Jimmy and Bam and Kyle and Tyler and et cetera, et cetera. But, I, you know, what makes me confident in that they can make that adjustment is their basketball IQ. You know, you're, you're going to have to find those cutting lanes. You're going to have to be able to move without the basketball. You're going to have to be able to make an impact by doing the little things. And, and both of those guys, and I, and I think even Haywood Highsmith, who, who statistically really hasn't shown a lot, I think those three guys have shown me enough that I feel confident putting them out there and, and at least seeing how it works for the first four to six weeks of the season. Um, you know what? We might find that it doesn't work and we have to make adjustments. We have to make a trade, but I like it so far. I, I just, you know, I, I caution everybody. It's preseason. Don't get too high. Yes. Don't get too low, you know, relax, but it's, it's good signs to see this uh, lineup versatility that Spoh's got. So Tony, I want to give you the opportunity to also weigh in on, on guys that jumped off the page for you tonight, but um, just to kind of weave it in here because it is related to this game. We saw um, increased productivity from Duncan Robinson again and Max Struess. They're starting to shoot better. Uh, so, and uh, um, Sean's uh, clapping. Yeah. Sean, Sean is clapping for our uh, podcast listeners. He is the Duncan Robinson um, 
uh, fan police and um, the <laughs> lonely table of one sometimes for uh, the Duncan Robinson fan club, but he definitely loves to see Duncan Robinson hit four threes and get 14 points. Max Struess, 24.7 of 14 from three. I think we start – or five of 10 from three, excuse me. We start to expect it more from Max these days. Tony, uh, anything to read in to um, Duncan and Max's performances, specifically when they're playing with guys that – shouldn't draw a ton of attention and they're still finding ways to get looks and such. I thought Duncan has done a better job of that throughout the entire preseason. So a download on those two guys and anyone else that jumped off the page for you tonight. Hey, Duncan left me speechless too, Greg. I don't know if Tony is just speechless at his reaction. My internet, <laughs> my internet is just giving me fits. You got me? We, we do not have you. Uh, we heard you momentarily, but it appears as if you are coming in and out. So we'll have you drop back down. Sean, I'm going to you because, you know, to give you the pass on some Duncan Robinson wax poetic, like I'm, this is essentially for a layup. So don't blow this layup. It's not a left-handed layup. Go off the right foot and lay it right in. So what I'm doing is I'm going to put Greg in the right corner. I'm going to put Brian down in the left corner. I'm flattening it out. We're going one, four high. It's just ISO right here with Duncan. Look, and on a serious note, he's shown for the last couple games doing more than just making shots. I, we know that, you know, what his shots have been great in some seasons, poor in others. But today, you know, taking bad closeouts, breaking them down, attacking that. Uh, he rejected a screen, drove baseline. <laughs> Sorry, Tony's coming in and out of the <laughs> – Went, <laughs> rejected the screen, went baseline, made a nice little pocket pass to the cutter uh, in the middle of the lane. I mean, like, just show that type of stuff so that, you know what, if your shot's not falling, do something else. He even had a block shot tonight that went into, like, the third row. Like, what is going on right now? So just baby steps. Keep doing positive things and, uh, you know, earn those rotation minutes. Tony. We talk about uh, positive things. Another positive thing is getting in the positive in your bankroll with prize picks. It is my favorite daily fantasy platform. Um, it's daily fantasy made easy. You literally can go on, get started on their website or use the app. Both are super user friendly. They'll match your first deposit. If you use the code five, that's F I V E. This is the official daily fantasy sponsor of the five reasons sports network and a five on the floor. It's so easy, 24-7 live support, big payouts, fast and secure withdrawals. So all that stuff is buttoned up. You choose over and unders on all your favorite player props, whether it be NFL, NBA. So if it's um, something like Lamar Jackson, over 98 yards rushing against, uh, you know, whatever the team may be, you choose over and under. Jimmy Butler, 21 points, over or under. So it's super easy. You get some trend, trend lines behind each player. Use the code 5, F-I-V-E. It is. I play it all the time. Uh, in full disclosure, DM me and we could talk about plays of the day any day of the week. I'm always open minded to that. But use the code five. That is the key to all of this so that you get your initial deposit matched up to $100. Uh, again, that's prizepicks.com code five. Uh, Tony, we're going to let your internet try to redeem itself. Any thoughts um, at all? If we can get even a few sentences out of you, we will feel like we are uh, out of the red in this situation. You know, when uh, when Sean had to talk, just like Duncan had to take a seat, sometimes you got to let the greats be great, you know. I, I've i been – it's if there's Spo, if I can take Spo in this or, or maybe the Miami Heat front office, the way that all these guys have come back with such a willingness to attack off the ball. 
Um, the way that if a defender takes one extra step too far, Max is going to cut. Duncan's going to cut. Uh, people are looking to find those cutters to make the game go inside out rather than the outside in. I've been impressed with all of our guards. Uh, everybody except for Drew Smith. I think Drew Smith is, is playing really fast and doing some really great things. I, I don't know if he makes this team, but for the most part, all of the guards that have played the entire preseason have been really impressive on that front. We're going to need all of them to do that during the season if they have to play in a game. So it's Max and Duncan, though. And I know it's cliche because Duncan's hitting shots, but it, the way that they're moving off ball, the, the pressure they're generating on the basket. Hey, by the way, Duncan's covering in space defensively really well. Really well. And I don't know if that keeps up when we play real starters that aren't the Houston Rockets starters, but uh, it looks really good. He can stand out there and not collect six fouls in three seconds. We have a real offensive and defensive unit on the floor at all times. And the team is deep. I think that that's another thing that we take away, uh, that this is going to be another roster where you're going to have the ability to use almost everybody on the roster. Uh, there can be conversations had for those last roster spots. But now that with Jamal Kane in the mix, Jovich looks further along. Um, as we kind of pivot and look ahead, because this game obviously to, to get too bogged down in the minutia of a preseason game, I think is um, kind of, what is that phrase, missing the forest? Uh, despite the trees or something like that. Um, like, there's probably said more eloquently than that. Uh, I want to talk about like best case scenario for some of these dudes. Cause like I'm watching Jovich and I'm going to Dirk and I'm watching Jamal Kane and I want him to become Sean Marion and uh, Haywood Highsmith is already PJ Tucker. Cause I said that on Twitter a, f a few uh, days back, weeks back, uh, Brian, I'll circle back to you here. Um, Best case scenario for Nikola Jovic in year one. You've been on the Nikola Jovic train from day one here at the network. What do you think is the best case scenario? Like Heat fans, you know, we always talk about managing expectations, right? So what should their expectations be on the highest end for, for Jovic in his rookie season? On the highest end would be whether it be due to injury or otherwise. He starts some games, not most of the games, but starts some games 20 or so. 25 maybe even because of injuries and plays well and actually has a case to be on all rookie second team or whatever the case may be like you know may, maybe even see him you know in the real high end usa versus the world uh during rising stars during all-star weekend whatever the case may be like he would have to be really good international player in order to do that so he probably won't get that this year uh but if he is then that'd be great for him like that's sort of what you're looking at i don't know what like it would look like in terms of points, rebounds, and assists, whatever the case may be. I'm sort of flirting with like eight-ish. Ten is the high end of it, but I'm sort of flirting with like seven, eight, and like four, maybe an assist and a half, something like that. I, it depends on what the playing time looks like, but I have no idea. Like, I think we're going to see several different rotations throughout the season, potentially. Yeah. Um, So I just don't know how to predict it, but ultimately seeing Jovic in the mix – and in Miami and not in Sioux Falls and seeing him contribute fairly regularly, that would be a win and seeing him play well, obviously. Jamal Kane, a little bit less so because like he's not a first round pick. But if you can see him just make an impact as a guy on a two way contract, it could be similar to what Caleb Martin did last year. That's probably the high end. I wouldn't expect that. But if you can see him 
you know, take advantage of the rotation minutes he gets when other guys are out and look good and actually warrant it. Because remember, there was a time last year where we were like, Caleb Martin kind of has to get minutes. And if you get to that place with Jamal Cain, right. who didn't come to Miami with the pedigree Caleb Martin had, because Caleb Martin had already been playing in Charlotte. If you get there with Jamal Cain, who was born in, I think, 1999, so he's only 23 years old. If you get there with Jamal Cain this year, and the more he's in Miami and not in Sioux Falls, the better it is in terms of like what you would want out of this season. Hi, uh, Haywood Highsmith, because he's on a standard contract, he's the guy for me where it's like, you kind of have to be in the rotation at some point this season. Um, and I think he has the capability of doing it. I kind of wanted to see more out of him in preseason, but it's just preseason. And I think that they're going to get more out of him. Uh, and I don't think they're going to be as reliant on him, which is fine because, you know, you want Spo, as Sean said in the comments here, to have lineup versatility and to have a lot of chess pieces and things he can move around. I think Spo's going to have a madman type season. And I don't know what to expect with some of these guys who are on the back end of the rotation or the fringe part of the rotation. But I think for Spo, he's like, he's loving this, right? Like this is the kind of team that he really likes. And I think we're going to see him try out a lot of different things. And so long as they win games, it is what it is. So Sean, like Spo is going to have a mad scientist season. Highsmith, Jovich, Kane. Talk about best case scenarios for all those guys. Um, I, I like that. I think Brian, you're smart to not, try to quantify it in statistics because like, that's not what it will be about. It'll be right. about moments, right? It'll right. be like those, those extended stretches. We'll call them moments and extended stretches throughout yep. the season where they contribute. Caleb uh, having the Milwaukee game and exactly. stuff like that. Yeah, precisely. So like, what do you see from your perspective on these three guys being best case scenario? I mean, obviously, you know, I'm going to the most extreme places, but <laughs> just uh, where do you see them fitting in amongst this really deep team at, you know, if, if they're, nothing else they're deep yeah and I think you know while they've been impressive so far I think if they're statistically giving us a lot it's probably in negative scenarios where you're having injuries and things like that and I don't want that scenario to play out so you know I think Brian makes good points you know you might see them in their rotation at times they spend some time in Sioux Falls they come back and forth that's really I think the best path for them in year one if we if they show that they can contribute into the rotation, I, I think you give them a chance. We saw that with Caleb. We saw that with Kendrick Nunn. We saw that with all these guys. Spo will play you if he trusts you. You just have to earn that trust. You have to show that trust by doing it in practice and doing it on the game floor. Um, I still think it's more realistic out of those three that Highsmith gets playing time. And I know a lot of people probably are on the other side of that. I know the timeline I saw is kind of like cutting Caleb Haywood Highsmith. And <laughs> I mean – how these things swing so quickly, but he just brings something different. I mean, the, the Jokic, Jovic stuff, you know, the passing and the playmaking, if we ever get him and Bam out there starting and they can both lead the break, their passing abilities as big guys, it's that's going to be something else with Spo having that offense. Um, you know, Jamal Cain, I still got to keep seeing more out of him. He's just such a freak athlete. But Haywood Highsmith, if he can knock down threes, he can defend, he can switch. I think he has a path. But right now, it's probably very, very minimal. Like the days of him thinking uh, he's going to be the starting four is probably uh, that that ship has sailed. I think so. Yeah, no, I'm with you there. I do think that he'll get functional minutes at some point. All three of these guys will. So that's fun to think about go forward. But um, we will reference um, a tweet by Miami Heat beats Brian Goins, 
where he said, I'd cut Haywood Highsmith now and convert Jamal Kane to a standard three-year NBA contract at the minimum before he becomes Caleb 2.0, save the trouble by using any exception money now. So essentially what Brian Goins hat tip to him for, for the tweet and the idea, because now it's circulating amongst the Heat fan base. How do you keep Jamal Kane, right? And um, I think that they have ways where they may be able to shed a player like Dwayne Dedman for very little. At some point, there's teams that are like, trying to get to the salary floor. Um, and I know that it, that can't happen until December, a Dwayne Dedman type trade, but you're going to be able to shed salary, get enough away from the tax where I think that they're going to be able to maneuver here. That's just my speculation. Uh, Tony, I'll start with you. Is there any thoughts in terms of, um, are you worried that the organization will uh, be in a position where luxury tax concerns will keep them away from securing Jamal Cain long-term? Long Is that a concern of yours? And then um, also just generally speaking, um, where do you think uh, like best case scenario for these dudes? And I know Jamal yeah. Cain is a dude you've been rooting for since you were out at summer league in Vegas. Uh, your thoughts on just best case scenario for these three young bucks. Yeah. So I think you kind of got to wrap up Kane uh, because I think your one, his, his ceiling is what Sean Kemp, and then we'll have Jovic. His ceiling is is Kevin Durant. Uh, I don't I don't stress about it too much. A lot of these guys need to stick around this franchise and stick around this organization. We have to find a way to make sure that happens. Kane is a dude that has a lot of untapped potential. To Sean's point, when you, when folks can trust you, especially defensively, you're going to see playing time. You know, nothing's happening with Haywood Highsmith guys. He provides lineup versatility defensively for us. Nothing's happening with Jamal Kane. He's a real basketball player. He'll be on this team. They'll find a way. And it's January 12th is that date uh, for Deadman. They're going to find a way, just like they found a way with Caleb, just like they found a way with Jimmy. When a guy works and they fit the system, they'll be here. Uh, but he's probably the last guy I want to see on the floor right now. He just hasn't played a lot. I, we need those high IQ guys. We need the continuity for the dudes who've been on the team. You watch them on the the bench. They're all so happy and, and loving to be around each other. Um but those lineups don't have a lot of minutes behind them. Okay, so let's let's stick with what we know. Let's do what we can get out of the guy we just paid money to, Caleb Martin, um, and, and leave things as they are right now. I really wouldn't worry about stressing the sign came to save out a little bit of money, but nobody's going into the luxury tax for these dudes. Very true, and I think that they'll still figure out a way, but I do appreciate that grounding us in reality that they will figure <laughs> out, but they're not going to go into the luxury tax and risk repeater tax in the future for it. So Tony is on to something there. Um, Want to transition to a quick segment uh, that we're going to introduce on these post-game shows, and that is my water cleanup of Florida guts check player of the game. Uh, the dude who had the guts tonight, I'm – absolutely going with the homie Nikola Jovic 15 and 12 four assists I am officially a Nikola Jovic stan why Allah I think everybody needs to get a grip you got to stay together if you got the guts and you don't find the first door and run out of it there are no obstacles there's no obstacles all there are are accusations and opinions we have done this since 1995. we'll find out what we're made of here if you got the guts, 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 guts. this is guts check with greg sylvander
Alejandro wow. had the imaging ready in the preseason. This dude is in <laughs> mid-season form. So for our listeners, that is the intro to this segment, uh, our water cleanup of Florida guts check player of the game. Again, I'm coming back to Nikola Jovic. I am officially a Nikola Jovic stan. I am loving it. I'm not um, going to continue to tell you guys much more about him because we've talked extensively, but he is the dude um, leaking out getting easy buckets, uh, playing great basketball. The jumper looks wet. I'm leaning in all these directions because if you have a water leak and you don't know where it's coming from or you're dealing with water or mold damage in your home or business, call Water Cleanup of Florida, 954-579-0356 for immediate assistance. With over 60 years of combined experience, Michael Robert and the team is prepared to detect any kind of leak, help you find it, get it fixed 24 hours a day. After they've been, after the leak has been located and repaired, they will do what they need to do to clean, dry, and fully restore the damaged area. They're fully licensed and insured. Their service areas include Miami, Broward, and Palm Beach County. Call Michael anytime on his personal cell, 954-579-0356. Again, that's 954 954- Five seven nine zero three five six WCUFL.com is the quick way to get there. You can follow them on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. They got 70 plus five star reviews on Google. Water cleanup of Florida. If you got the schmutz, they got the guts. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% lean ground sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca Cola, Pepsi, or 7 Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. So sorry that the intro music came before me starting to talk about it. I did not know that Alejandro was in mid-season form. I should never <laughs> underestimate him. That is the culture up in this place at five on the floor. Uh, so uh, again, uh, major shout out to Alejandro on the ones and twos with that ready to go. Uh, so we're going to close here with another segment, but uh, we want to involve all of our viewers. So we have a lot of our uh, viewers live on YouTube. This is a new format for us doing the post-game show as a five on the floor episode we want to take three great questions and we're going to go around the room and get everyone's perspective on them but we want we we, we want your best we, we don't want just like the random comment we want your best questions we're going to take them we're calling this corner three uh alejandro do you have the first good question that we could take as a group Okay, this comes from Riley Wilson. Question, after seeing Jovic and knowing Simon liked him, is Simon still here because he's the agreed-upon Riley replacement for the near future? He's too good to not be a GM somewhere. Um, I, Simon, I believe that – do you all know a Simon? Adam Simon. Adam Simon. I'm so, so sorry. I completely – Come on, man. I was trying to figure out where he was going with this. He is – you're all right he is too good to not be a GM elsewhere. I think that they have him, uh, they, they, he knows he's going to be taken care of long-term Sean. What do you think about Adam Simon's prospects? He's been interviewed elsewhere. Uh, what do you, what do you think about him, uh, becoming Riley's replacement down the line? Well, I, I would say this, think about the people that have left. Has anybody in the coaching staff or front office left and really, I mean, James Jones, I guess, who has left and succeeded more so than Miami? Like 
your Stan Van Gundy's came back out. Um, Fizdale, like Juwan Howard's doing good in the college game, but like, I think it's a safe place. I think you stay and you know that eventually, I think both Spo and Pat are eventually going to move into different roles and you have an opportunity. So yeah, I think, I think he makes a good point though. He's too good not to be somewhere else. So keep him around. Yeah, no, nah, they're going to make sure he stays forever. He may be the predecessor, him and Spolstra up there like Andy and Pat are today. Uh, any of the rest of you guys uh, buying or selling Adam Simon as a potential replacement for Pat Riley down the future? Nah, this is a family organization, and I, I, I think he's here. I don't know if, if he would be next up. Although, Joel Anthony seems to be doing pretty good in Canada. Right? Um. So that, that might be year one for they go somewhere else and, and succeed. But I, I think he's here. And Brian, which? All I heard was auto tune and then Joel Anthony. I don't I don't know <laughs> what Tony said. Um, it's like T Pain. If if Adam Simon hasn't left yet, then I I don't know when he would leave. So I think that he's gonna be here. Um, you know. Probably, yeah, probably until he gets that promotion, if he's the guy, the next guy up. I refuse to even think about how much longer Riley's going to do this because I feel like he's just going to keep doing it until he physically can't, right? I I think that there's a scenario where he's doing this into his 80s, and which we're not very far from. So, yeah, I think think Simon will definitely – I mean, maybe there's a number that another team can get to because, every look, everybody's got a price, like Ted DiBiase said. Maybe there's a number that somebody can get to to pry him away, but it seems like they haven't got to that number yet. Where is he from, Adam Simon? Where is he from? Does he? Is there? Is there? I'm coming home scenario in all of this. Uh, that's a good question. I need to do some investigating there as to where his roots are. I'm sure some of our viewers or listeners will know. So it, it hit me up um, and let me well, know. Don't. Sean, born in Chicago. It. Yeah, I was about to say in 2020, Chicago interviewed him. Like that was a thing that happened. And he so didn't if leave. he didn't leave then, I Hold don't on, think he's ever leaving. That's a that's a that's an an actor named Adam Simon, but he seems like a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was trying to rush it. Giving man. you the most accurate information on the floor. This is an amazing podcast. <laughs> so um, let's go to another question while we try to figure out where Adam Simon is from. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, this comes from Marco. Ariero Chevas Zelaya. I'm doing the best I can. Can we talk about Jovic's defense? Physically, he's not there yet, but he knows where to be and what to do. Brian, he does. He has way more basketball IQ. Like, I thought that he was going to look not only physically not ready, but also like speed of the game stuff. But also, I thought that there was going to be an element of him just um, not knowing quite where to be on an, on an NBA court. It has not gone that way. Uh, did you know that this kind of Jovic was coming? I guess maybe you're going to just take credit for it to say yes. But <laughs> also, um, talk about Jovic's defensive potential overall, because I think we're all – our mouths are drooling over the offensive stuff, but talk about his defense. He's 19 years old, and you can see that he kind of knows where to be, right? And I think that's a product of coming up through an international system where, like, he was playing grown men at a very young age and, again, was the Adriatic League's top prospect in 2022, an award that, like, Dario Saric won and I believe Nikola Jokic won uh, several years before him. There have been some other guys that none of us have heard of that have stayed over there. 
uh, that have won that award, but like Jovic is a smart player. He came up if if he wasn't a smart player, they wouldn't have drafted him, right? Like that's another thing because <laughs> they've learned from past mistakes. And in a year that we we were all like, they're not going to really keep this first round pick. And even after the draft, we were like, are they going to keep this first round pick? And even mm-hmm. in the summer, we were saying, are they going to keep this first round pick? They kept the first round pick, and that and that convinces me that they really like this dude. And I will remind people that in the NBA GM survey before last season, they have a question every single year. Who is the best international player not in the NBA? Nikola Jovic was on others receiving votes as an 18-year-old. Okay? So he's the real deal. Um, he's going to struggle at times, too. He struggled from the floor tonight. That's going to happen. He's a rookie. I don't expect him to be efficient. I do expect him to be like very, very good because one of the things I did point out also uh, in terms of not even just his defense, his offense, whatever the case may be, just how he develops. Four years from now, when he's extension eligible, he'll be 23 years old. <laughs> that is just unbelievable. When you think about Jamal Kane is 23 years old right now. Bam will be 29 or something along those lines. And Playing to me, basketball. I still think the roadmap eventually is Jovic and Bam as the four or five. And ideally, yeah, you would have Tyler Hero, but I'm just talking about like the front court. Right. And ideally, actually, Jimmy Butler would still be in Miami because four years from now. But Jovic, Bam, eventually as the four or five, I think that's what you'd be looking towards, particularly to Marco's point. If the defense is going to get to a not a high level, but a reasonable level, because I don't think he's going to be Bam defensively like that's crazy. But can he be serviceable? Sure. Like he has good instincts. Then it's just a matter of overcoming you know, quickness and things of that nature because people are going to try to get him on mismatches and that's going to be interesting to see how he navigates it. But I like his instincts, for sure. Did we find out where Adam Simon's from? Some people are saying he's a local. I, I want that. I think so. I saw that. He's been with the he... org for 25 years, so he's not going anywhere. We've established that. But is he from Miami? Because that's the clincher before we take the last question on corner three. I saw on his pro... I was just looking at his profile. It says St. Thomas University that he went to, yeah, which I believe is in Florida. Well, one of them, because there's multiple. But Good yeah. enough for me. Alejandro with the last question <laughs> on corner three as we close tonight. Okay, this comes from Daniel Brown. Buying or selling Yurt? This is a good one, com- mm-hmm. considering how uh, preseason has gone. Buying or selling Yurt? It seems he hyped himself up to be a 12-punch or a one-two punch with Bam. I can't read tonight. <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. Uh, to be a one-two punch with Bam, but it didn't look like much on the court. Bam even looked a little frustrated. He did definitely allude in a press conference to the challenges that it is to kind of make that pairing come to fruition and the timing and learning all this stuff. Spam's been in the system longer. He even alluded to that. Um, Tony, are you buying or selling Yurt? And then anyone else jump in here before we close on the uh, prospects of Omer Yurt's have been heading into the regular season. Yeah, first of all, I'm terrified to talk. All right. Uh <laughs> Make but it quick, Tony. Make it quick. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try it. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm still buying seven foot, naturally gifted offensive scores. Uh, defensively, he has to be way more decisive. Uh, the Heat are playing him with Bam, and in that drop, yeah, he's covering too much space. So they have to figure out something schematically, because uh, he cannot cover from the rim out to the perimeter, bat a rim again. It's, it's not good for him. They can't expect him to succeed that way. But you're always going to buy seven foot, offensively talented, soft touch kind of guy that can play make off the bounce in transition. So yeah, buying yurts of it. 
Anyone selling yurt before we say goodbye? I mean, I'd sell anybody for the right price, but at the same time, <laughs> that's true. No, I think I think the the impending likely Deadman move that's where it's really going to open up yeah. solid, consistent minutes for him. But no, I don't. I'm not changing my my tone on him after three preseason games of him being held out. Like it's he's still there. I don't know about Bam and your lineups, but I I, I still like your. your yeah, I'm kind of where Sean is. Um, I think Bam and Yurt can work in spurts eventually, but I don't think that's I don't think that's something that we're going to see a ton of. Uh, I I still do think like Yurt's going to see some rotation minutes, and you know, ideally you'd want to see him play more than Dwayne Dedman at the very least. But given what we saw in preseason, who knows at this point? Yeah, and if Dedman's dealing with plantar fascist or however that said fasciitis that was something i know that alonzo dealt with at times throughout his career and was never easy to play through that kind of pain Mm -hmm. so um i think they're going to definitely need uh somebody uh you know in the in line so i'm not selling yurt either uh thank you for joining us uh again we are working out all of the different uh programming uh kinks as it relates to this show when we go live so we appreciate all of our viewers as well as our listeners bearing with us throughout the preseason as we get this right but we are going to have you covered all throughout the regular season again shout out to our sponsors a aggressive insurance prize picks water cleanup of florida um i'm sure ethan has a few more i'd like to shout out and he'll find you to tell you about them thank you for joining us good night Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.